Hello there everyone and welcome to another fantastic episode of Psyched to be with you. This episode, episode 6, no less. We are halfway through the season already. It's going by in the blink of an eye. In this episode, I sit down with Danielle Rowe, a PhD student from the University of Birmingham in the UK. We chat about her research, looking at sort of how uh, genderqueer, trans and non-binary people uh, hold themselves in online communities. Alongside that, we chat about a whole range of like geeky stuff that's really fun, really awesome. Uh, Danielle's a big, big uh, geek, using their own words. Uh, so this is a really fun chat, really, really enjoyable. I hope you enjoy it as well. Um, there's sort of a general bit of sort of spoilery stuff we talk about a few games including like life is strange and things like that so just be aware of those as you go into the episode but otherwise enjoy it have as much fun as i did i really really hope you like it thanks for listening hello there everyone and welcome back to more of that thing that you like psyched to be with you with me your host christopher leach aka chimp195 it is a pleasure and a privilege as always to welcome yet another very special guest to the show, providing it more breadth, depth, knowledge, awesomeness, and I'm pleased to say another delightful accent that I'm not sure we've had on the show before. I may be wrong, but I enjoy them all equally. If you are unfamiliar with the show, this is the show where me, Chris, chat to people about cool things that they do and why, and that's basically the show in a nutshell. Um, So all that remains for me to do really is to pass it over to you, my special guest, to introduce yourself. Please tell us who you are and what you do. Um, hi everyone, uh, my name's Danielle Rowe, my pronouns are she, her, hers, um, and I'm a PhD researcher at the University of Birmingham, uh, but also a, a huge nerd. So anything video games, music, telly, um, I can talk for hours about that, you'll be pleased to know. Apologies, we had a little windows noise just just there, that was my bad. Um, <laughs> I was altering my volume. Anywho, nerdiness, like it, I'm a big fan. Um, if you've been on, on this show or around this stream before, you'll know that is a thing to be true. I'm also a phd so big fan of that. Um, let's get stuck in with that PhD. What's what's going on with that? Give us the skinny. Yeah, so I research all about LGBTQIA plus identity. Um, so lesbian, gay, bi, trans, intersex, asexual identity online specifically, um, just as a way to get that extra bit of geekiness in there. Um, so as you can see, I've got like the trans flag in the background. Um, I've also got my LGBT flag, rainbow flag up here. Um, and re- obviously rainbow tie dye, so very on brand. <laughs> on brand. And I look, yeah, oh, definitely. It's all about the brand. Um, And so I look at specifically, I look at trans and non-binary identity and sort of how they're a minority within the community itself. Um, And you'd think that um, LGBT people would be pretty accepting and pretty cool about people being on these fringe identities. Uh, But it turns out they're not. (laughs) So just looking at how resilience can be built in the trans community um, so people don't get as impacted um, in terms of mental health and just feel super comfortable in themselves um, so that's that's the goal and looking at the intersections in the community and sort of intersectional identity and how that impacts the way that people sort of flow through this community so lot, lots of really interesting stuff but essentially to sum it all up if it's something gay I will research it. (laughs) 
Fair enough. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I, I'm aware of obviously the, the, the communities and stuff, you know, but I'm, I'm not a member of those other than being an ally. You know, it's the kind of thing where I'm as, I feel like I'm as informed as I can be, like, even though that, like, that's not very much. And I say that as someone who, like, is essentially whiter than white and a straight <laughs> cisgendered male. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, it's almost like that thing of, like, you can never trust what you read on Twitter. Because you don't know who's actually giving you those opinions, and obviously, you know, I think uh, empath- empathy is a skill <laughs> that mo- not enough people use. So I try and listen to people, uh, you know, from from the LGBTQIA plus community uh, when I when I meet them, when I chat to them. You know, I'm a big fan of the the folks over at uh, queer and queer women in esports, for example. Yes, um, yeah. There's loads of great people in the space, but this is a thing where, yo, know, if I was asked, I would say I do not know enough about being really honest yeah I, to be honest i think a lot of people are like that and even people within the community even though it's like my research area as well there's things that i learn and i'm like oh, oh well, that was so obvious now somebody's told me so um i'm cisgender um but obviously researching in this like trans space so i'm very aware that i don't want to speak for people i just kind of want to use my cis privilege to elevate them and sort of like jam my foot in the door so they can then push through um, and I think that's that's really an, an important thing to make sure you're not speaking for people. But um, yeah, definitely. I, there's, I think people worry about asking questions. And I totally understand why some people don't feel comfortable having sort of their identity questioned almost. But in terms of me, I'm super chill. And if you've got a question, I'm more than happy to just answer stuff. I'm impossible to shame i've got no shame or dignity left to lose <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh ain't that the truth ain't that the truth for us all i mean isn't that like a prerequisite of doing a phd pretty much yeah <laughs> you, you give those things up upon arrival um, oh yeah i mean that's assuming i had them before <laughs> <laughs> well th- i mean this is the thing right I, you know i'm i'm you know i try and be aware i try and be knowledgeable i, I did a poor job of it at the start of this, but I do usually introduce my pronouns. They're on the video feed. They're he, him. Um, and I, I, you know, it was Trans Visibility Day a couple of days ago at the point of recording. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's a big thing, I think, at the end of the day. It sounds daft, but it's kind of my view for everything. Whenever we talk about minorities, and I say this as someone as part of the disabled community, you know, like, at the end of the day, everyone has should have the right to just live their life and be happy. They're not hurting anyone else or themselves. Like, yo, what... It makes, and I always say this. I used to say, and it's because I didn't, I wasn't good with words. I used to say I didn't care. That's wrong. I do care. I'm just saying it doesn't matter to me in that it does not affect me negatively. Like, it, yes, if, you, yeah. you, if you are just doing your thing and you're happy, that's great. I enjoy that. You do you. I am like, go for it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Same. It's like the toilet debate with like trans people at the minute. I'm like, as long as you wash your hands, I don't care. <laughs> just. <laughs> Do your business, wash your hands, get on. It's, it's what it is, isn't it? It's literally no impact on my life at all. My life's only been enhanced by knowing amazing trans people and non-binary people. Um, and yeah, I kind of feel sorry for people that, that shut off that side of um, sort of making friends and meeting new people for, for the sake of one thing. I mean, if you replaced it with anything else, if you replaced it with race, it'd, people would say, oh, that's ridiculous. And it kind of is so we just need to we are getting there which is good um but yeah progress is being made it's a bit slow but it's the same with everything we will get there 
Yeah, I think I always say that like I like to like live in hope with like all essentially yeah. all types of stigmatization. You know, I specialize in specialize. Listen to me. I research mental health. You know, and like there's there's so much stigmatization with that. And, like we're seeing movement. It's really slow. It's very like Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill. But like we <laughs> yeah. get we're getting there. I'd like to think that maybe we will eventually have change. Um, yeah. Because as yeah. I say, like you know, just like people people should have the right to be happy. Like it doesn't it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. It's like the same thing as like, you know, and I say this as someone who is incredibly privileged and playing on easy mode in that respect. <laughs> um, you know, who, the EA DLC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who really is just like, yeah, like it's, it sounds really easy for me to be like, well, yeah, I just want everyone to be happy. But as you say, it's important to kind of like uplift and support people when you can. And not yeah, just like, not just like shut that out. Privilege. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, I'm more interested, I'm not more interested, I'm really interested though to be like, what, because I know academia, but for, for maybe listeners that don't, what's sort of the actual research telling us about this? Because, you know, research typically has done a bad job of understanding any minority community at all. Yes, yeah, so normally trans people get lumped in with sort of lesbian, gay, bi people, and obviously they're not this homogenous group. Um, there's a lot of differences it's kind of like saying everybody who identifies as female is exactly the same and has the same experiences wait you uh, mean to tell me different... you mean to tell me that all insert where i'm gonna say disabled people aren't the same I, i'm gonna break <laughs> it to you this this might be cutting edge research but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they kind of just just get lumped in um that's if they are talked about oftentimes it's just in the title like lgbt and then as you read in through articles or research outputs you're like oh they're not actually talking about trans people at all so it's kind of that erasure and invisibility within um the literature especially um, that's quite frustrating a lot of the things that we talk about sort of in conversations like this the community know it's just that people aren't publishing it out there so it's you know you know what grants and governments are like they need journals being tangible. selective about posting things like uh, publishing <laughs> things what so they're like really really selective and they're like we want a piece of research that we can quote so we can then go and say okay we'll do something about this issue um so it's kind of a case of erasure within the community within the academic community i don't think a lot of the time it's on purpose um, I just think researchers being from that community um, helps tremendously. Um, and I, I know, like, I've had people come and ask me to do certain talks. Um, I got one on, was it, I think it was last year, on uh, non-binary um, awareness day. And I was like, well, I'm not non-binary, so I don't want to take this from because, somebody. Because, because, of course, an institution would rather offer you, a cisgendered woman, to talk about non-binary yeah. things than a non-binary person, of course. So I was like, I don't, I, I'll, I was like, I'll help you, but I'm like, there's this person, you've probably seen him on Twitter, Max Davis, they're at Brighton doing their PhD, and they do all about um, sort of gender-free parenting and non-binary um, lives, and I was like, well, M Max is like the perfect person to do this, so Max and I did it together, so that's what I mean, it's kind of, I don't want to speak for people that my identity isn't the same as but if I can just nudge the door open a little bit that that's kind of the goal so that's my ethos really I kind of think it's really interesting as well because like from a, a I'm going to say historical psychology point of view 
you know, when I was doing like my undergrad, which is sweet Lord, 10 years ago now, I remember like <laughs> us being taught like about what was then called gender androgyny. And it was about yeah. like not, not having, not like, you know, conforming to gender stereotypes, not like, you know, boys can play with dolls and girls can play with, you know, tanks. And it was still very much operating in this binary sense, mm. which, you know, we, we know is not necessarily the best way to go about things as in it's the not, it's the wrong way to go about things. <laughs> um, you know and and i remember like that and even that like really like shocked a lot of people that that was a concept even then you're let alone and that was just saying like let children play with whatever they want like like that surface level stuff and that still really shocked a lot of people yeah yeah absolutely uh it's slowly making progress but yeah i think researchers like to categorize things neatly especially quantitative researchers, which is a lot of the scholarship comes from America and they're very positivist and more quantitative than I'd say like Europe is um, as a whole. Can you just break down what positive and quantitative mean for us? Just Oh yeah, yeah. So quantitative research and data is like numbers, um, things that can be easily sorted, whereas like qualitative data would be emotions and feelings so things that are a a bit harder to put into categories numbers versus words yeah numbers versus words and then positivism is just um a a philosophy that follows uh quantitative data so they're into the numbers they think there's one world and everybody sort of experiences it the same way whereas a constructivist will be on the other side of the spectrum and think that there's multiple realities and we interact with perhaps the same object but experience it differently because of our background so uh, paper's quite a good one I always think that's a good example so um, depending on what we print on the paper it can mean different things so if it's got a certain sort of ink it's it's a design it's money even though it's still paper and it's money to me potentially in england but if i went to america that money wouldn't be worth the same thing i mean we can talk about the scottish notes (laughs) (laughs) and like that's british sterling quote unquote yeah that's a really good example but they sometimes won't accept it in england for reasons yes they get suspicious (laughs) is this this, is 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 this, this legal is this scottish money Oh, I'm gonna have to ask my manager if we take this. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, okay. So maybe this is me being silly, but I kind of listened to that, that positive and constructivist kind of thing, and I was like, why would you assume that reality is the same for everyone? That's really, really silly. That's a silly thing to make everyone like. You know, we know again from sort of psychological research, uh, but like visual perception is different. Uh, and that's the thing that's yeah, been well yeah. researched so why would you then assume that everyone's reality is the same that's ridiculous yeah i think it, a lot of it comes from sort of like the hard sciences and um sort of getting perceived legitimacy through that i mean i am a qualitative researcher i, I do use mixed methods if uh, the study sort of needs that um and i know a lot of studies do sort of go down the quantity route so that it can be given to like a government or uh, an organization and say 52 percent of blah 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 and then they'll be like oh we must the case number (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i was gonna as soon as i said it i thought brexit (laughs) (laughs) sorry so yeah i think i think that's why um and it does work for some stuff like obviously if you're melting like ice and you want to know when it 
thaws, then potentially that's a good way. There's always an argument for and against. And I think you just have to ju- be able to justify your position. I mean, I, I like to firmly sit astride this fence. And I, I am honest, I like to, you know, I'm that new, new age researcher that's like, we really should be constantly doing mixed methods because it's interesting to see what the numbers give us. But like, if you're talking about anything that is about user experience, uh, yeah. such as like video games and mental health, for example, my area, like you really need to capture at least some of that. Well, like, what did you actually think, though? Because like, yeah, that, that like... might that might not even connect with the numbers. But like, it's yeah. really important that you actually at least ask the question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, if if you're doing something on like a, a scale of one to ten, your four might be completely different to my four. And I think you just got to get that context, haven't you? Yeah. So where where are you in the PhD journey? I know that's we're, we're close to touching that naughty question you don't ask a PhD student. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's actually been it's been quite interesting. So I started literally just before the pandemic. Nice. So I really like picked my time in. Um, and I'm actually a self-funded student as well. So um, a bit about my background. I was actually homeschooled and kind of clawed my way up <laughs> to this position. Interesting. Um, yes, yeah. So it's been a journey. I've gone all the way from like uh, in the UK system, sort of like entry level three, which is is kind of the, the, the very first rung on the ladder um, and gone up through level one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm at level eight now. Um, so that's sort of, I've got that imposter syndrome of being like, oh God, I need to prove that I belong here kind of thing. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I like to paraphrase uh, Andy Chabilsky here uh, from the Oxford Internet Institute. Uh, and he's like, you know, he, he says it about his research, but mine is like, so his, his line is that if everything is addictive, nothing is, which is genius. Uh, but I like to change that with, for this scenario, if everyone's got imposter syndrome, no one has. I've got you. Some people don't, do they? So that's they're the ones you need to worry about. I'm like, how do you be so narcissistic? I kind of envy them. <laughs> I'm like, I wish I could just not have imposter syndrome for a week. Think of what I'd get done. Oh, imagine. Imagine. <laughs> so, yeah. So to get back to the question, so just to sort of contextualise that uh, as we qualitative researchers do. <laughs> um, I am in my, I've sort of just started my third year, but I swapped to part-time just because I was having to work alongside sort of lecturing and marking and it was taking up um, a lot of my PhD time. Um, and I thought, right, I just need to just reassess where I am. So technically I'm three years in, but in terms of progress, I'm sort of one and a half years in. So mm-hmm. literature reviews ongoing, uh, doing a metasynthesis for that. Um, and then I'm also, I've got ethics approval. So it's kind of just, at that stage where it's about to be the fun bit and what is so you you go on qualitative are you gonna like just speak to some people about their identities you're gonna do some interviews and you're gonna yeah interviews definitely i, I was gonna do photo elicitation um but as tell, like tell sort us of more about pandemic. that yeah so photo elicitation is getting people to capture their experiences through images um and it's quite good for um 
sort of getting under the surface so you could say something about an experience but have not really thought about it that much and then when you show an image to somebody and say oh can you explain what you were thinking about with this and they sort of go off on a tangent and you get some really like dirty data which is what I like to call it (laughs) (laughs) and then you can like polish it up nice for the the publication but that's like the nitty-gritty stuff that is not surface level it's sort of diving under and finding out what the crux of somebody's uh point and meaning and experiences tell tell me if i'm wrong and, and i'll i'll provide this with the definition but like i so i heard about this a few years back when it called photo voice and it's almost like yeah. it attempts to you could you could say perhaps whimsically but like it attempts to bridge that gap between like oh researcher examining you know uh, a participant under participant situation and like ethnography, like an, an ethnography being like a study where you insert yourself into a community to try and fully understand it that way, albeit sometimes perhaps not truly acknowledging that by being an outsider inserting into the community that might impact biases and research. Long story short there. If I'm wrong, let me know in the comments. Um, <laughs> but like it, it's, it's just trying to bridge that gap of like, well, how can we use the technologies that we've got to further understand people's experiences beyond their words, especially when like, you know, I've been told I'm very good at articulating what I mean. Not everyone is 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 has that skill, and that's fine. So just trying to open up those opportunities to try and get a little bit more more data, not necessarily yeah, dirty data, yeah. as you put it. <laughs> <laughs> There's another project that I was part of where we were looking at um, experiences of, experiences of autistic people who were uh, non-binary and how they interact with um, gaming, social media. And especially, like you say, in situations where people might not be as good at communicating verbally, but they can like draw an amazing picture that perfectly sums up what they want to say that that we found that was really useful there. So we used photo elicitation there and that, that's sort of one of the examples. OK, excellent. Um, so what's sort of next? So you've got you're about to sort of start getting some data, you know, uh, what sort of like. I try. I'm trying to avoid the question. What? Where do you sort of see like the research going? What would you like to continue working on after post PhD? Oh, there's obviously going to be like millions of award-winning publications. Naturally, of course. course. (laughs) Um, I just like my research to be useful to the community. I don't want it to sit in like an ivory tower behind paywalls. I'd rather it actually do something. Um, and sort of if it can just help one person just feel more comfortable then I think that's more important to me personally um but yeah I'd like to do that and then I'd like to uh, my, my supervisors always say from my PhD it's not like the be all and end all it's a piece of work and I, and I have to keep reminding myself of that um and I think when I, I I'd like to stay in academia um and sort of go the postdoc route postdoctoral researcher route um and do more research in this area and get funding and do in-person workshops and sort of help connect trans people because it it's, can be quite lonely. So I'm from like a really rural little place that's like literally the only gay in the village. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so if I could like connect people, that would be really nice. Yeah. Fair. Sorry, that for those that don't know, that's like a, a trope from a, 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 what was it, a sketch show? Yeah, sketch show uh, a few years back that has been through the ringer a little bit for controversy. That's uh, so sad. Recently, um, 
arguably for like not even all the reasons you could have questioned it. Well, let's not go down that path. Uh, there no, are much no, no, more no. fun conversations to be had here. Uh, yeah. So that's excellent. That sounds like a really, really interesting piece of research and a really interesting area. Um, and I love it. I love the sound of it. I can't wait to see what happens with it. Um, it's the kind of research that we need. I, I always say this when I'm sort of questioned and I feel like we're on this precipice of there being enough exciting researchers now that are trying to change the system and are trying to look at these things and are trying to be more inclusive and are trying to provide a greater level of equality. Um, that we're, nearly, we're so close. We're like 10 yeah, years away yeah. from like people from minority communities running departments. Yes. Like, and like, maybe, I'm really hopeful that can happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. It would make everything a lot better. <laughs> it, oh, it would. Oh, it would. Um... There was a question I was going to ask there, but I forgot what it was. Um, oh, okay. So you mentioned you sort of like want to stay in academia, you want to go down sort of like the postdoc route. Um, what, what out of interest, like why? Because myself included, but a few of the other people I know who are sort of PhDing, um, have been quite sort of put off by the animal that is academia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it, it's run by a lot of older white cisgender men who are straight and it like you say it could do with some people who were not, not that, that to sort of um make it better so i'd like to at least be in in the belly of the beast sort of like a trojan horse <laughs> um so I, I could i could at least try and and change things a little bit um and i also think representation is really important so in terms of lecturing just having an openly queer lecturer is quite important for people to see that you can be in these positions, especially with the current climate and talking about rolling back certain rights and not talking about certain things in universities. I think it's important to to be a visible person that people can feel safe with and, and know that you sort of you've got their back um so it's kind of a little bit of that a little bit wanting to change it and also it's just really fun to speak to people that's the best part of research is going out and speaking to people and finding out stuff (laughs) for lack of a better term um so it's kind of the social justice side uh the research side um and I enjoy learning and learning from people and I I think academia is a really cool place to do that within you're surrounded by people who are way more intelligent than you could be um and some people are really good and share that with you there's there's weird people everywhere as we say there's those weird people that haven't got imposter syndrome (laughs) but uh, people are generally especially in this field really happy to share and learn and co-create and I think that's the way forward not to sort of hide your research away and be a bit selfish and say oh no this is my idea it's all secret and it's mine I'd rather just share and learn together. So, I mean, I agree with you a lot there. I, I love research. I love working with people. Um, I actually, I even go so far as to say, and I've, I've admitted this before publicly. I'll do it again. Um, I enjoy teaching. I really enjoy that process yeah. of teaching. And like when you, like you, you're with a student and you see the, that light bulb moment where they really get what you're mm. talking about. I love that. What I like less is like the bureaucracy and the paperwork oh, yeah. And marking is the worst thing in the existence of ever. <laughs> um, and that that's enough to put me off. 
It sounds really bad because you are right. Someone someone actually asked me this um, a few months back, and it was like, "Oh, do you not think that being in academia would be the easiest way to change it?" And I said, "Hand on heart, yes, but I do not have enough spoons because yeah, yeah, you got to do what's right for you." It's well, it's a common thing, isn't it? When you're from a minority community, and it's it's happened to me in everywhere place I've been at. But they'll be like, "Oh, <laughs> we have a question about disability, Chris. Can you take it?" Uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yes, but I'm not all disabled people. And like, we got it approved by the disabled person in the office. To <laughs> yeah, like uh, the token tick. <laughs> and like to to constantly be that person um, when you're already trying to like fight to prove your existence in the world mm. is really tiresome. And like, that's just yeah. enough for me to be like, I can't. One one person cannot change an entire uni. I can't be bothered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's totally fair enough. But yeah, um, I I don't like all the bureaucracy and the red tape and all, all the stuff that goes along with like neoliberal university and yeah the way that that's going but yeah the, the actual learning side and being in the classroom is is super fun I like building like I, I remember the last lecture I did before lockdown and I'd got like some Tupperware and I built like a panopticon to explain Foucault which is a French theorist so things like that and getting people moving around the classroom and doing something that's a little bit exciting and different rather than just a PowerPoint. I think they're the things that I really like. I like to give it a little bit of um I actually was, was peer observed recently. And like I was told <laughs> I, I, I used the classroom like I was a stand up comedian. So I give yes, it a, I give it a little bit of all my material. Yeah. Basically I'm like a failed drama student and and must perform and entertain myself <laughs> oh okay i love that that's an excellent an excellent description um okay so that's excellent that's some really good stuff let's what do you do when you're not working now i always like to joke that there's no such thing as free time there's only non-work time <laughs> um what do you do when you're not doing that yeah so gaming massive 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 gamer always have been from as soon as i could like hold a controller um also music i play guitar and bass so i like to just chill out if it's if stuff's getting a bit too much just whack out some sort of good heavy music in that situation (laughs) um and just just pretend i'm slash on stage um with exactly the same skill level of course of course (laughs) Because I, w- I was going to be a musician until I realised that I did not have the ability to do so. <laughs> so, so yeah, just relax doing that. Um, bit of telly, all, all, the, all the normal stuff, but gaming is like the go-to. Okay, excellent. So what type of stuff do you play? Um, I, I play pretty much everything apart from racing games, because I'm not good at them. Um, and also uh, anything that's like first person because of all the things I get like digital motion sickness <laughs> which I don't think is talked about enough I think there should always be a third person option and I'm like ridiculously passionate about this <laughs> well famously it was a uh, I believe Hideo Kojima suffers from that and that's why yeah, um, yeah. like Metal Gear Solid was third person because like he and he had to get someone else to like work on the first person perspective um, yeah. in the original game and that's why you can only view through it and not do anything because he was like no it's too much <laughs> yeah so so yeah things like that like when cyberpunk was announced i was like i'm so hyped um and then they were like oh it's first person and i was like no but i mean that didn't turn out too bad in that instance that i couldn't play that one <laughs> 
It's, it's not for me, I'll be honest. I like games that... Well, I was about to say I like games that work, and then I remember the love Final Fantasy VII, so I'm going to shut up. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but my, my like, go-to genre um, is RPG. So either Western or JRPG, I can sit and play those for hundreds and hundreds of hours. The, the way they were intended to be played. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will happily just spend the day grinding out experience points and doing nothing else and just chuck on a podcast. Um but I will gen- generally play pretty much anything. I've got PS Plus and like Game Pass, so anything that takes my fancy on there. You might, uh, you might enjoy this play. then. I'm just, I'll, I'll describe it in just a second. I'll let you just enjoy that. Oh, cool. Uh, this is a hardback book. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful image that um, it's just, you know, it's a lot. I'll, I'll tell you what it's about. It's, it's a guide to Japanese <laughs> role playing games. So the, the front nice. image is like sort of two children playing on a, a it looks like a Famicom, so purple SNES uh, for those in the UK. Um, and a, a, above that, it's got like a whole bunch of like anime sort of JRPG drawing characters. It's a beautiful hardback volume that has like an entire history of JRPGs. Um, so cool. Split up by genre. It's got you know, Final Fantasies in there, Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger, uh, Fire Emblem, all all the goodies. Yes. Sorry, just showing off. It's not mine. It's not mine. I... Um, my university has a policy that if you want it, you get it. If you can justify that oh, a book nice. is, is related to like your studies, so I definitely yeah. one thousand percent needed that book for research oh, course, purposes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, don't fight me. Just I need this was critical to my research. No, that's awesome. I'd love to read something like that. <laughs> uh, sorry, just me. me flexing there um no flex away so jrpgs <laughs> then i'm a big big jrpg fan myself I, well just rpg fan in general um, yes yeah what, what do you like what what do you what are you playing oh goodness pretty much everything i really like dragon quest nice especially dragon quest 11 so i, I really like the turn-based rpgs so i like a bit old school um so when final fantasy made the shift to like action real time action i was like ah too fast for my brain <laughs> but uh, yeah i got used to that but i oh yeah like old school rpg i really like nino cooney oh not nice. many people have heard of that so i prefer the first one um but that's a really really good game um I, and I, but then at the same time i also will then go and play like more mainstream games as well so all the big sony exclusives are kind of a given for me um I also really like sort of like the Soulsborne games, so Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, uh, playing through uh, Elden Ring at the minute, so losing my life to that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I played Dark Souls once. I was not good at it. <laughs> Nobody's good at it. You just have to push through. And that's 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 all I wrote. That's that's me on that one. That's oh, I some... can't go on. I collect trophies as well, so I've got like that OCD game and that has to complete everything. So are you? So, pardon me for saying, but are you a pro gamer then? If you if you get trophies, how oh, many how many I'm platinums have you got? For the sponsorship. Oh, platinums! I'm in like the two. I'm I'm nearing two fifty. I think I'm in the two forties. So I'm saving Whoa. Elden Ring two fifty. Yeah, Sorry, I'm, I'm one just, of those gamers. I I, I mean. This is, I mean, this is like a typical thing. Of, are you trying to make money out of your leisure time? Because if not, you should totally be streaming that. 
No, I feel like I wouldn't be a good streamer because I just sit in silence and embrace the stress of Elden Ring at the minute. <laughs> I'm, but I mean, like, like, in... getting platinums is no easy feat, though. That's that's some. It's gotten easier over the over the years. They used to be quite quite a challenge, but uh, yeah, I do like. I, I I think really it started because I'm so tight. So like, I don't want to waste any opportunity to get my money's worth <laughs> so if I get all the trophies then I've got my money's worth from the games so and then obviously slightly addictive personality so I figured hunting trophies was safer than the other options <laughs> that's fair I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad I was about to like begin to wag finger a little bit there because as we all know <laughs> games are not inherently addictive or addicting no no yeah is it yeah no 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 so um yeah they're my it's so good for my mental health if i had a rubbish day i'll just go and if i if i've I've had one of those days where i just want to like zone out i'll play something like uh wwe like the new wrestling game that came out just not something that's got like a tremendously in-depth story just something to just zone out to and i'm like oh happy place (laughs) yeah hit somebody with a ladder <laughs> but uh but yeah when i'm in the mood for it i will i like a, a good story okay i mean jrpg fan of course i'm st- I'm, st- I'm sorry i'm still blown away by the number of platinums that's that is astonishing <laughs> um even like i think i've got like seven or like maybe eight ever i'm i am the complete antithesis of that i'm like i play a game <laughs> And then if I see credits, I'm basically done. Um, unless it's like a game I really, really like. Yeah. Um, yeah. But my, you, you hit on something like in terms of value for money. Because my rule is that for every pound I spend on a game, I want to get an hour out of. Because Same. I'm of that, I'm going to say that generation, such a day term. Uh, but that generation. Old. <laughs> well, where like you'd spend like 40 pounds on a game and just, I'm not picking yeah. on the franchise, but like the new Call of Duty and the campaign would be six hours. And they'd expect you to expect, well, if you want your money's worth, play online. But also pay for yeah. online subscription and for DLC and for mm. new maps. Uh, and then also like, oh, but if you don't want to do that, just play through the campaign again, but slightly harder. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm very much the same. If I get down to like 50p per hour of entertainment, it just pleases me so much. It's like, oh, that was worth it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good value. So you you sort of uh, you're into your games, your music and stuff. What kind of stuff? Um, this is where like I get to this is where we get into the nitty gritty a little bit. Because um, I always think you know we're motivated by things, right? And this is the hook of the show. Why do you do stuff? So why do you think? What kind of informs maybe like what you play or what you listen to? There's that whole chicken and egg argument of is the oh, mood yeah. that you're in that impacts what you listen to, or does what you listen to impact your mood? And then sort of I want to loosely try and circle that back to like you know. What is it about sort of the things that you do that inspired you to research what you're into? What was the motivations mm. behind that? So that's, yeah, yeah, it's a huge question. But like, yo, know, so what <laughs> kind of stuff do you think uh, is like characteristically impacts what you do in your spare time, and how do you think that impacted your study? Pendulum. I'm doing yeah, the pendulum think... motion. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm very much a mood, and then do something. Um, sort of a do something and that impacts my mood so like like I said earlier if I've had like a bit of a stressful day and just want to like brain dump I'll go on something that's sort of not heavily into story um same with music if if 
I feel a certain way, I'll listen to a certain piece of music or a certain band. Um, so I think that that's kind of my motivating factor in terms of mood. Um, I also just really enjoy gaming. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um, I have to ask you again, sort of like a typical questions, but like, you know, what type of what type of music are you into? Is there a broad range of, of breadth or is there sort of like a specific genre you stick to? Um, yeah, so I, I studied music before um, I came to uni <clears throat> the first time. Just just for fun, that. just studied music, you know, casually. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I, well, I've been through so many disciplines. I started off in sport and, and you wouldn't know looking at my body. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. Dis- Let's, <laughs> come on, not on my show. None of this, none of, no body shaming on my show, thank you. Let's... No, it's okay, I don't. I realised I don't like running or moving. And then I was like, oh, my God, you can do music sitting down. And then I just got, I just regressed further. And I was like, I'll just read in a library. (laughs) So it just got less. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I studied music. Um, So I enjoy every kind of music. Um, But I I will listen to it and I recognise what is sort of, objectively if you can put that in what's sonically like a good song uh but in terms of the genre that I choose to listen to my brain very much stopped after about 2006 and just went oh late 90s to early 2000s pop punk you're satisfied for life (laughs) so sort of green day blink newfound glory bowling for soup uh, simple plan uh, right. I, don't know, I don't know Always. how well you can see it behind me, but I've got like several Fallout Boy posters. Fallout Boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's that's my go-to, and, and I, that's that's in my like Spotify playlist. That's what I listen to. Um, I'll drop in like some newer stuff, like Young Blood and Machine Gun Kelly. Um, but I I always go back to Green Day and Blink and Newfound Glory, Fallout, like old Fallout Boy. <laughs> The new stuff's not for everyone. It's not. It's decent. Patrick's amazing. But I do like sort of old Fallout Boy. The, the man is so talented. I mean, if you haven't listened to his solo album, you need to give it a It's spin. not fair, is it? It shouldn't have that much talent. <laughs> like, not only can he sing, he can write, and he can play 27 instruments to album standard. Who has that level of talent? Who? It's not fair. Give <laughs> Give some to the rest of us. Like, why? I know, so yeah, I I love Patrick Stump. He's I wanted his like signature guitar for so long, um, but obviously they were just like ridiculously expensive for for poor student me. Yeah, I've, I've like looked at a Stumpomatic repeatedly, and then remembered I don't play guitar enough to warrant having one. Like that's okay. Just just have one anyway. I've got I've got the the thing that I got with like some inheritance was I got a Tom DeLonge strap, and that's like my baby and i've got like a les paul because that like billy joe from green day um but yeah i'm very much like a pop punk um music fan and then in terms of playing i've been in like pop punk bands and cover bands so just just good catchy simple music is what i like to listen to yeah, I think like even like pop punk as a genre, like you 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 sort of memeing and like oh Fall Out Boy's older stuff, but I feel like you, yo, it's a shift. Music changes. It's very very much like the ocean comes in and comes out. Yeah, it's cyclical, um, isn't it? So. Like you, we're hearing a lot of like the pop stuff now is very sort of 
inspired inspired by influenced by however you want to sort of frame it yeah but it's very like yeah. 80s pop it's the same sound yeah the yeah. same sort of your know, organization like if you you could listen to like even i'd go so far as say like some some lesser known journey tracks and hear some of the mm. same stuff you're hearing in the pop stuff now you yeah know? yeah like stuff like that I and think especially that's... like this new wave of like pop punk um with like mgk and even like olivia rodrigo's stuff is very like paramore-esque um so yeah i can listen to that and i quite enjoy it and i have it in my rotation on my playlist but then it'll i'll go back to like i can listen to green day whatever mood i'm in that they're i'd say they're my favorite band okay um excellent so yeah green day definitely okay oh i mean that's good i love i love variety like i'll listen to anything i have like yeah same video game soundtracks like i love stuff like yes yeah. um, your uh, krang bin a great band i was red and yeah um you know like i Lucy love the Wins. old tomb raider soundtrack as well that music nice. is like up from the ps1 because my mum and i used my mum's a single parent so she used to come over on a night shift and play tomb raider to stay awake nice. <laughs> so she could look after me so like the t- especially in i think it's tomb raider 2 where it's like venice that theme that that sort of soundtrack is really nostalgic and i i, I enjoy stuff like that definitely Okay, so let's loop background, as I mentioned, doing the loop de loop. So kinda of talk about you know, what motivates you to do what you do in your spare time. What kind of led you to where you are now in the research and the PhD? You mentioned that you've done a whole range of careers, which is awesome. I'm very jealous of that, because that must be really cool <laughs> to have all that different types of knowledge. But let's just talk about what so what made you really go, I wanna look at this. Yeah, so it's actually something like really simple. Um when I was doing my undergrad, so I did my undergrad in event management, which and like a business degree, um, and realised I was into the people side of things way more. And and they said pick a topic for your dissertation, which is like the big piece of work you do at the end, just in case anybody's not in academia. Um, Bless you, stay out of it. Yeah. It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> stay away. Um, they said pick something you're not going to lose interest in, and I was like, well. I can't imagine I'll become straight halfway through my dissertation. So I'll do some <laughs> Sorry. LGBT that stuff. just that just caught me from left field. That I was not ready for that. <laughs> I was yeah. They they were like pick something you won't lose interest in, and I'm like, well, I won't really. It's slightly narcissistic. I can't lose interest in myself, surely. <laughs> so so I did it about pride events, and I found that really interesting. Um, and that sort of was the springboard that then led me into social research. And I did my MRes, which is a Master of uh, Research. And that was all about online um, environments for LGBT people. And it essentially is just, I am a gay person that uses the internet a lot. <laughs> I mean, I am <laughs> told that a lot of people use the internet. That is a thing. Yes. Yeah. So essentially, it's a giant sort of vanity project. Um so yeah so I'm still I mean I'm still very very queer so it kind of worked I didn't lose interest (laughs) but it really wasn't like this set the world to rights kind of thing at first it was as simple as pick something you're interested in and as I learned more and met more people I was like oh well this is me to a T um and I if you pardon the pun uh, (laughs) and I was like I just I'm just going to keep doing this because it's really fun and I really enjoy it. Um, And then I started to see the changes and some of the research that I was a small part of 
uh, helping people and making them feel better and that's a really good feeling um, and just as I became more socially aware and sort of when you move away to university and get sort of your own opinions and I was like oh I don't agree with a lot of the stuff out there in the world at the minute so let's let's just do a little bit to try and help somebody so that it started off as being something that I wouldn't lose interest in and then it sort of took took off from there okay I mean I, I like I appreciate the honesty in that you're just like well you know what <laughs> I don't want to lose interest in my my research project so I'm going to do it on something I feel really passionate about making yeah. it very vanity and then like picking up that actually no this is really important like I love that that's kind of yes like, it's a nice way I think to look at it and, and more people should do research like that well, some people have got like this amazing story where they're like, it came to me in a dream. And I'm like, no, I just picked it because I thought I'd be able to do it for a year. And now it's like nearly three degrees later and years later and I'm still doing it. So it did work in the end. <laughs> that whole like Lou Reed told me to do it in a dream kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I mean, I'd recommend it in future to people to do something that they just really like. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I suppose I assume I shouldn't assume, but it's something similar with you and video games, like something that you really enjoy. You're not going to lose interest in it. Well, yeah, it's funny you, you mentioned that because I can't remember if I said it before on the show, but like it was that exact same sort of philosophy in undergrad dissertation. Do something that you're interested in. I was like, OK, like video games. And I did mine on deviancy because violence is yeah. a lie um the violence is a yeah. lie get that on a t-shirt um yeah literally and i was just like okay you know let's let's really look at this like the people think feel differently about doing naughty things for lack of a better term um the term yeah. deviancy but naughty things sounds funnier um in a video game or differently <laughs> in like real life and it was just this really sort of silly poor quality undergrad dissertation um and i remember like there was one sort of result that was negative and like barely significant as in the p was like just over 0.05 because you really <laughs> got to stretch these things when you're talking about numbers <laughs> and significance levels um and i just remember like, and it was partly that that made me go okay i wonder if playing a certain type of games could actually be good for you in some way because mm. the games in question in this case were like strategy so strategy negatively correlated with deviancy meaning it suggested that perhaps by playing strategy games you were less likely to do naughty things um and and it was that combined with like my own experiences of being a student experiencing ill mental health that made me go yeah. oh and there's actually like a whole group of games about mental health what happens if you play these yeah. and then kablam sandwich let's study that i think it's kind of cool that it goes that sort of more natural or not natural organic way of sort of the research sort of finds you rather than you picking it doesn't it and and i think i really enjoy that stuff Your, yours sounds so cool about like deviancy and gamers doing naughty things when like statistically gamers pick like the good option in games uh like when they release trophy data and and, and stuff like that i remember when infamous came out and people were doing the good path um and basically gamers just want to know if they can pet the dog in games they're not it's that like, is the question thing. Yeah, they're all they people think we're gonna like go and do a shooting or something when really we're just like on Twitter asking devs to let us pet dogs. <laughs> yeah, you get into that hole and it's the kind of thing that there is like research to be done on. Like I love a narrative like driven game and like yeah. moral choice. Like I've I've streamed like a whole let's play of Detroit, Become Human. 
Um, uh, oh yes, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I'm a big fan of like you know, the Telltale games, and it's always really interesting when you get the stats yeah. afterwards of like how yes, many people yeah. did this, uh, especially have you when Life is Strange. I have I have opinions on Life is Strange. Uh, yeah. What's not, the other one that they did? They're not good opinions. Oh, I'll be honest. What was it called? It was an Xbox exclusive, and it had a trans character, and it was voiced by somebody who was trans. I can't remember the name of the game now. That's really going to... I'm going to have to Google it. Wait, was it um, the one with Elliot Page in? Beyond, no, no, that Beyond... was Beyond Two Souls. Oh, uh, Beyond oh, Two Souls. It was by... Is it Don't Nod? Mm. I love... This is, like, active... This is the podcast happening, like, as Tell it's happening. Tell me why. Tell it's me called why. Tell Me Why. It was an Xbox exclusive. That's why I couldn't remember the name of it because I don't play much on Xbox. And it had a trans character as like the main character. Um, it was very much like the same as Life is Strange, that kind of um, style, same developer. Um, but they had a trans character playing the lead and it was really, really good. So yeah, I'm with you on that. But uh, yeah, sorry, I interrupted because honestly, I was like, don't forget, don't forget. Sorry, no, I just, I, I always say this, I always feel bad because I feel like I'm ragging on a game that has such positive acclaim. But my playthrough with it was that, like, while it, it tried really hard to talk about mental health, it didn't do it, like, as well as it could have done, particularly with, like, some really, like, yeah. overly cinematically, like, cliffhangery representations of mental health to, like, a point where I got the yes, bad ending exactly. despite trying to do good and was very like, legitimately upset about it afterwards. Is that that particular scene uh, to, literally is a cliff edge nearly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With one of the students, yeah. I know yeah. exactly what you're... I, I managed to get the good ending. I didn't realise you could, like, have a different outcome. But, yes, they could have done that m- much better. Content warnings and, like, the whole, like, it's one of, I think, three points where your powers don't work for plot reasons. Yes. Which annoyed yeah. me. For uh, reasons. <laughs> yeah, for reasons. And just, like, and ugh, the, the, the two big bees in my bonnet was that one. Um, the the fifth episode was just David Lynch, like, and that, I don't have a problem with that. It just felt like a really left, like a left field turn. But like the representation yeah. of disability in the game is just violently upsetting. Violently upsetting. I think my privilege as being somebody who isn't disabled was I I didn't pick up on that. So that's like. So I'm going to put like a, a light spoiler warning, but I'm going to like leave it as unnamed characters. But basically, a, a character. Uh, it goes from being an able person to a disabled person. Um, but, like, the plot line is, they're disabled. Their life is over. They're a really oh, good student, yes. but their life is terrible, and you get put into this um, euthanasia, moral, moral choice, quote-unquote. Yeah. And I, I remember, I, I don't think the clip exists anymore, but, like, I remember someone in chat was going like are they going the way they think they're going and i was like yeah i think they are mm-hmm. and it happened i remember just putting my controller down just putting my hand on my head just be like you did not have to choose this path and like yeah. it was definitely chosen because it was like the devs will be going oh this is sexy we'll put them in it we'll yes. put the player in a really really challenging quote-unquote position here and i'm like you could have had it story, where but... yeah for well, in... this this is yeah. what peeled me off the most that they could have had the disabled character be really happy and having a really fulfilling life Albeit maybe they had like a terminal condition. That's fine, okay. Um, but instead, the parents were really sad. They mentioned mm. repeatedly how expensive it was because it's set in America. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, the school, oh, she's a great student, but they're not willing to build ramps, so sod the disabled student. What annoyed me the most was that it mattered for nothing. It was pointless. It was yes. just for shock value. Because you find this out at the end of an episode. 
the beginning of the next episode is all this sequence that then, for no reason other than character that caused it feels bad, rewinds it and undoes it. And yeah. I'm like, wow, you yeah. made a character disabled, put the player in a euthanasia position, and then just undid it like a YOLO lol. Like that's... Yes, yeah. I was so mad at that point. I was just like, this... Like, this is how so many abled see disabled people, and I was like, I'm not happy about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. I think because... I I didn't notice when I was playing. I mean, I played it when it first came out, so it was like 2015 something. So I, I'm hoping I'd pick up on it now. Um, but like pretty much like what you said with like LGBTQ stuff, I feel like I need to do more in terms of like the disability stuff and the accessibility of games. Um, but my Life is Strange playthrough ended up being like super queer. So I think that was what I was focusing on more than the other stuff. One but thing that really annoyed about me about is, that, yeah, as well is that because i also like i genuinely thought like the, i forget that max um i thought max, yeah, max and chloe like had a thing i was like oh they definitely have a thing i just read that was my reading of it. I was like these are de- like they're definitely want to get in together um and like but it annoyed me that when it came down to the end and uh, okay just spoilers sorry it's it's an old game there's several sequels now um <laughs> but like they only like actually get together if you get what in my opinion is the crappier ending yeah like because like there's like they because like oh no hold on that's it if you go for the in my opinion crappier ending um that's that's when they kiss but then if you go for what in my opinion makes the most logical sense ending um they just drive off and it's not really clear they actually got together and i'm like devs you chickened out you should have just had them go (laughs) off into the sunset hand in hand because that's what should have happened yeah it's a bit queer baity yeah right like i've had uh, a guest on the show before Oxan, friend of mine, and we were talking about um, how, like, you'll get games that just have, like, a gay button. Like, The Witcher 3 was the example she used on how yeah. there's one gay character, but you have to do, like, ten quests to get that one one dialogue <laughs> option. Yeah. I think Dragon Age is quite good at letting you do, explore different romance options and things like that. I think there's quite a lot of versatility there. But then I always ended up, is it with with Iron Ball anyway? Like, <laughs> it didn't matter anyway. <laughs> I was like, you have my heart. <laughs> I know so, I am, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna disgrace myself. Uh, I haven't played Mass Effect, but I'm told they have a really good system for that type of thing. I've I've played Mass Effect too. Because like I say, because before this is the first generation where I've been able to afford like both consoles. So when it was was popular well it's still popular now but when it launched it was xbox so well pre pre legendary edition release (laughs) yes yes i have got the legendary edition uh but i'm I'm saving it for when i've got time off from my phd because i know i won't want to do anything else yeah um so like yeah just so i always i always like feel bad ragging on like life is strange as hard as i do but so i love i love like moral choice games i think it's really interesting when you think about like why do people make choices? And you, you can break that down into simply, like, why do people play? Do we play mm. to like see ourselves in the world? Do we play? And, it, it, and it's really funny because you can attest to that. And like, you're like, you know what? I didn't pick up on the disability tropes because I was focused on the queer tropes in the game. Yeah. Because obviously that yeah. resonated with you and, and the dis- disability with me. Um, so like, do we play to see ourselves? Do we play to go to fancy worlds and do things that we wouldn't otherwise do? I'm a bit of like, a wuss in that a lot of the time i think well i would probably do this this seems legit this might like 
would potentially lead to the best outcome. And then if things go wrong, I will literally just go, ah, screw everyone. <laughs> violence. <laughs> violence versus violence. Yeah, it's like when it's like stealth is optional and you try it and then you're like, 10 minutes later, it's like everything's burning. <laughs> yeah, I tried the stealth. It didn't work. Oh, mind you saying that, Hitman is such a good game. I, I Hitman 3 was my game of the year last year. It, I played it for, for about like 150 hours, something ridiculous. It was, I was, I was locked in for a, for a good while there. I haven't played any of the new ones. I've played a lot of the classic ones, <laughs> like yes, Hitman yeah. Two, like Blood Money, New Contract uh, Contracts, like the old like PS2 GameCube era ones. Yeah, like good stuff. I, I like, and this is another joke. Like I own the new Hitman games. I just haven't played them. Like, <laughs> Because backlog is a thing. Oh, oh God. Yeah, backlogs are a thing. Yeah, don't, no, it's, it, I, I've said this a few times, but like, it, it's very much like a guilty pleasure to like, you covet something and then you own it and you're like, yes, I own it now. And then you never play it. But you're just satisfied because you own it. Like, ah, I've spent money I could have spent on something else, like food, on a game I'm not <laughs> going to play. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes it's like, oh, it's four pound. Well, I can't possibly pass that up. At four, I mean, it might not be on an offer this good again. I'll have yeah, to four take pound for something I'll never play. Add to basket. <laughs> Bargain. <laughs> Do you know what? I'll take two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's so yeah, it's like that. Uh, I feel like I have to ask. But can you can you describe for us some of the beautiful ornamental objects behind you? Oh, some of the oh, wonderful I, statues. I adore Power Rangers. I never. It was the spandex and the explosions. I was like, oh, it's gay, and I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, it all makes sense. So I've never. Yeah, I've, my perspective um, of Power Rangers have just changed. Yes, uh, it's it's so queer when you watch it back. Um, so yeah, I I love Power Rangers for the longest time um it's like it's not even my guilty pleasure because everyone knows i like it <laughs> so yeah i've got into one sixth figure collecting which is like the the geekiest of geekiness um so yeah anything powering i collect mighty morphin so i limit myself to one franchise because because i'm poor <laughs> <laughs> the wallet um, would not allow anymore. No, we'd have to do unmentionable things to get the funds for anything else. <laughs> so yeah, just one franchise I stick to. So I've got like the helmets and um stuff like that. So yeah, I just like to have a, a nice display. That's my one thing that is totally unnecessary and a complete waste of money, but fully justified to me. It's it's not a waste if you get some enjoyment out of it. You can't put a price on sentimental value, although people try. Oh, I was going to say, you can. <laughs> My bank account says you can. <laughs> bank account <laughs> argues otherwise. Fair. <laughs> Lloyds were like, the, the bank that, that I'm with were like, is this a genuine transaction? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. They just don't ask anymore. And they're just like, okay. Why are you ordering a thing from a country that we don't know how to pronounce in a currency we're not sure we can we can pay? You're like, listen, just just ship it, release the funds. Just ship it. And they're like, okay. Oh, it's your yeah, money. But no, that, that's definitely my. I have to limit myself to just like a figure every couple of months because 
I can't, I can't even really afford that, but it, it just looks so nice. <laughs> I have to ask, and I apologise if this is a controversial question, but do you have a favourite Power Ranger? I do. So if we're talking Mighty Morphin, it's Billy the Blue Ranger. Always been my favourite. I've got, like, the toys from, God, when I was... It went from in the 90s. I've got, like, the original toys and, like, the new ones. And, yeah, Billy, smart, bit of a nerd. Um, the character, that, like, the person who played him, David Yost, he, he's he's actually gay. I didn't know at the time. And he's talked about how he experienced homophobia and things like that. So that ended up being another aspect that I related to. And I just think, as I watched it, I watched it as an adult. I watched it as a child first and then as an adult. And I was like, oh, it's like... Things usually happen in that order. They do. I did try it the other way. It didn't work out so well. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's like a a diverse group of people, lots of interests, lots of different ethnicities. And I think it just, like... I do think it made me a more accepting and and a better person just to, like, see how different groups of people can come together. Um, and then obviously also explosions and spandex. What's not to like? <laughs> I mean, you know, when you when you're talking about things people want to see, yeah, that's my list completed. <laughs> the, well, I was going to say it's basically all there: spandex and explosions. What more do you want? Spandex, explosions, and acceptance. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> that yeah. should be like the subheading for my PhD, <laughs> for my thesis. <laughs> if you don't get spandex explosions and acceptance into a paper <laughs> at some point i'm gonna be disappointed challenge accepted <laughs> you heard it here first on this show <laughs> so i like to sort of delve you know we, we've, we've got a little bit of the why i love that let's like dig a little bit deeper into the psyche blind psyche that's a self-referential self-referential reference no i'm being self-referential to my own program uh, but i like to go for some sort of blue sky kind of questions um, which and the first one is if you had no limitations at all like so there's unlimited resources time effort expertise access to individuals what would you do i usually you know if if someone i'm talking to does the research and such i like to say what would your research project be but you can do anything yeah um so a lot of my family are like nurses and sort of in the medical world um so but but I don't like blood or anything like that (laughs) so if I could have anything I think I would have if I'd have not been like freaked out by people and bodies (laughs) I would have liked to have gone down the medical route and done like um gender confirmation surgery because there's such a well there's nobody doing it in the UK it's like there's such a long wait list and um especially for things like phalloplasty they're just not done in the UK so I'd like to have gone down that route and specialized in sort of trans healthcare. Keep keeping it um relatively family friendly can you explain what that is phalloplasty I, I can take a, I can take a guess but I'd like a definition <laughs> yeah yeah no worries so um if you're sort of um born with female genitalia um and and you would prefer to have um sort of male genitalia i use those terms as what people presume are so basically if you're born with ovaries and vagina uh, you can have an operation 
that would mean that at the end of it you end up having um, a penis so they usually just take like a skin graft from either your thigh or your arm um, and just build one for you so that that's essentially what a phalloplasty is science has no bounds that's i'm i'm impressed and like my brain is trying to like not not imagine what that would look like that sounds perverse uh, just like, like <laughs> no i know what you mean just oh yeah like that's that's a thing they can do now that's pretty dope that's yeah and there's loads of stuff on youtube that's very family friendly and it doesn't show like um any graphic images there are things that show more graphic images um it's the internet but yeah <laughs> but people talking through the experience and um there's a lot of trans youtubers that document their transition both um those that were assigned female at birth and those that were assigned male at birth um and and it's a great resource and and they talk about it in a way that's so ridiculously easy to understand and it's a great educational resource not just for trans people who might be going through the same thing um, it's important to note as well that you don't need to medically transition to be trans, um, but also for allies or maybe or even family, if somebody in your family is going through the same thing. So things like that, um, I I find really interesting and cool. And if I hadn't have been such a wuss and grossed out by bodies, <laughs> barely stand like my own, let alone other people's, if I could if I could deal with the blood and everything, I, I think that's the route that I would have gone down. So you, so you have like no limitations. You have like unlimited resources. You, you would build like a, 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 a clinic or medical facility that would deal with that type of thing. You'd want to invest in that. Yes. Yeah. And I'd like to just do it for free. I don't want to charge people because. Ah, imagine and, a world where healthcare was free. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Sorry. Brit- British political jokes. Apologies. <laughs> just yeah that's that's if i had no limitations in terms of money and uh not being a wuss around blood <laughs> okay no it makes sense um i also think just wanted to, to touch base with that i think yes yeah, it's, it's so important that like there is good information out there on the internet right i, I mean before like you know i spend a lot of time on twitter probably more than anywhere else i'm like that is not the most reliable source of information so i take almost everything i read on twitter with a pinch of salt especially like if you go down like if you're going on stuff that is not promoted by people you follow and presumably yes. they trust yeah. um and it is really difficult to and I, and I say this completely as someone who is like semi-ignorant but is like wants to learn and wants to be like yeah and as much an ally as possible to to the and you know several every minority community but like you know it can be difficult to ask questions you pointed that out before and it can be difficult to know where to go because you always mm-hmm. find, and you see it even in the, like the disability community, but you always find like maybe one or two people that like disagree with like your want for equality, and like no, yes. I'm not oppressed at all, and really like confuses a lot of people. Yeah, um, and you know, like it, I, I want to learn empathy, knowledge, like you know, it's it's one of my favorite Father John Misty quotes, where he's like, you know, at the end of the day, all anyone really wants is to be heard. Yeah. You know, and it's as simple as, like, if you just listen to people, you might take something away from that. Even if you don't, at least you've given them the time to, like, listen. Um, and, like, yeah, I think that's really important. So learning about that type of thing. Again, I if I if I sound really ignorant, then I, I do. Because um, I, I was kind of like aware that type of surgery existed, but I didn't know it was called that, if that makes sense. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, you know, but it's like... A lot of people will call it bottom surgery as well. So there's, like, top surgery if you were to have sort of, like, a mastectomy. Um 
if you were say you wanted a flat chest or something um so that'd be like top surgery and then bottom surgery for obviously um the bottom half yeah. <laughs> and you can have sort of feminizing facial surgery and vocal cords and there's they, they're amazing yeah and it's you know and, and the thing is that there is knowledge out there for people that want to know just because you want to know because you want to just be informed because believe it or not being informed is good if you put in a little bit of legwork to See, so many terms are just rooted in ableism. Like, if you just know, if you put yeah. in just a little bit of effort into trying to uh, find, like, a good, reliable source. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Always cite your sources, friends. Always cite your sources. <laughs> Reference it. it it's funny <laughs> I, me- I mentioned that, like, that, like um, idiom as well. Of, like, so many, like, idioms are rooted in sight. Like, and you, mm. and you, you know, I, I make mistakes all the time. I say, I say really silly things um because like it's so ingrained in our culture right like in so yeah, much like yeah. it affects the disability community it affects the lgbtqa plus community but so many of these terms that are harmful uh you know are just sort of bounded around like, i'm the same as you like i'll say something and i'll stop and i'll be like oh was that like ableist or i said chinese whispers the other day and then i thought hang on where did that come from and i have to like look i have to like look up what the sayings that you're so used to just they sort of roll off the tongue don't they and you're like i want to make sure that i'm not sort of going to offend anybody and people say it's like political correctness gone mad but i just want to i don't see the point in not offending people if it's just like so easy not to this is going to sound like something obviously a straight white looking guy would say but like even like in my own time uh, even like again like past decade like even the way the word queer has been used i feel like that's been like taken back by the by the community yeah. But like there was a time yeah. like that was like used as a slur. Yeah, and some people still feel that way. So it's just to be honest, I think the best thing to do is just check with people like what they're comfortable with. What and... you mean? Actually, like ask people about no. Ask I know people it's about... a mind blowing concept. Get out of this show with your logic <laughs> and obvious things. Okay? I've gone too far. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> but no, like just speak to people. Like work with because again, it loops back to. Not everyone's the same. People might yeah. want different things, and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with like pronouns, I know a lot of people struggle with that. Um, it, it kind of rolls off the tongue now for me, luckily. But even I mess up. Like if if one of your friends changes their pronouns and and you mess up, it's you you just go oh so messed up, sorry, and just correct yourself and move on. It's not like a you don't need to make a big deal out of it and make them feel like they need to make you feel okay. Um it's just just a case of just a language shift, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well that's the thing I remember like I, I've looked at a bit of stuff about being like being a good ally like on the internet and like that's one of the <laughs> things like because if you make say in that instance where you use the wrong pronouns and you make a big song and dance out of it, you're just highlighting that to more people but also like almost trying to make the focus about you, not them. Yeah, and it's yeah, like it's like exactly. that almost like whether you intend it or not, but that type of erasure of like, oh, I'm oh I'm oh, I'm so sorry. This is about me, not about you. Yeah, make me uh, feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is like really like self performative. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I think I I I used to feel the same way when I was like somebody that I know who's in a wheelchair and I was like do I stand do I kneel do what do I do and then I'm like oh just do what you do with everybody else <laughs> and they were like yeah that's fine <laughs> yeah because again a lot of the time people from minority communities want to be treated like people yeah yeah mind mind like shattering stuff I know <laughs> <laughs> 
listeners are like just like going, what are they talking about? They're just chatting mints this episode. What is this? Unsubscribe. Um, like, yeah, so, sorry, we went on a bit of a tangent there. Next question, sort of officially in the list. Is there <laughs> someone or something that you'd like to give a little shout out to that inspires you? Now, you can be inspired by a number of things, a number of people, but I'd like to give a little opportunity to my guests to shout out one yeah, you know, one person or one thing to really just sort of help signal boost them or just celebrate how influential they were to you. Yeah, so there's kind of like two sides to this. So there's a couple of people who have really, really helped me with like my PhD. We've the three of us. So one of them is uh, Abby Barris, Dr. Abby Barris. Um, she's just got her PhD and then Dr. Luke Ward, who's also just got his PhD and we're kind of like the three amigos and we chat all the time. They're both on Twitter. Abby does about um, trans inclusion in sport. Um, She works for Mermaids, which is like a trans charity in the UK. And she, she is just, I just adore her. She's the nicest person. She will always help people and, her research is so important, especially at the minute with the amount of stuff that's going on with trans inclusion in sport. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same with Luke. He looks at non-binary um, people and he works as a lecturer and also for CAMS, so he's into the mental health side of things. And and they are just the most amazing people. I'm so lucky to have met them. And their work is brilliant. They're brilliant. I can't, like toot the horn enough for them (laughs) um and they're very humble and modest so they won't say it themselves so I definitely shout those two out for sure um and then on a more personal note is just my mum I really love her that's a great (laughs) great answer she always supports me she's my best friend um I still live at home so after this we're gonna go and watch murder documentaries together (laughs) Uh, so yeah my mum so it's Abby and Luke and who I adore and then my mum who's just my best friend and I love her to bits and would do anything for her well that's a beautiful set of answers I appreciate that greatly um as as we sort of wind down a little bit I like to hit you with it with a bit of quick fire question a little bit of fun do it um so you're going on a little a little retreat you need a little break from the world don't we all and um, yep. you, you, mag- we're doing Des Island Des Magic Rules, so everything will work yep. and we'll have power and stuff. Um, you go into an environment that you want, but you're allowed to take with you one film slash TV show, one yep. album, one book, and one video game. What do you take? You are allowed to take collections of stuff, so if you can buy it in like one set, like a box set of books or, or albums or yeah. whatever, you can take that. What do you take? Oh, so in t- so if we go film first. So I'm not a film person. You can take TV show. Feel, That's fine. I feel I, with films, I'm like I couldn't possibly sit down for an hour and a half and watch something, but then I will binge TV episodes for like four hours. Um, so it, so I wouldn't take a film. I think I'd take like a box set of like Bob's Burgers because it's just like so easy to. I mean, I've seen them all, but I will happily sit and just rewatch them and it's like my happy place mm-hmm. so i think bob's burgers anything like adult animation it, they're like the not adult as in like sexual but like adult animation like bob burgers archer um things like that yeah i mean so, so it's, it's, it's worth kind of pointing out that like there is well it's kind of always existed but like you know adults can watch cartoons that have like adult jokes in them 
you know, but the cartoons mm. like Rick and Morty is probably the most popular example. Yeah, yeah. So anything like that, anything cartoony. I only watch cartoons or murder documentaries. They're pretty much, there's no in between. <laughs> so I'd take the cartoons to a desert island. Okay, that's fair. Uh, what else? Um, uh, and then what did we have? Album. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So you get, you, get, you get someone to say they like music and then you ask them to take a single album with them and everyone panics. I know, that's so hard. I think I'd take a, like a complete discography of Green Day. Okay, all right. I'll, 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 I'll imagine that they sell that as a physical thing. I mean, they do. I have it, so. Oh, well, Dave. <laughs> there we go, then. Oh, I'd, I'd take that and I'd quite happily listen to that from start to finish over and over. Okay. One book? What would you take? Ah. <sighs> Now, see, I stopped reading when I started university, like reading for pleasure. Oh, yeah. I've just got back into it through reading comic books. Um, So I've been reading the Power Rangers comic books and, and really, really liking those. But I think in terms of like something that would keep me going for longer, I, I think I'd take like a a collection sort of of comic books like a volume maybe i've not read invincible is that what it's called but it did the amazon tv series um, i have no idea i am not okay with anything that's new <laughs> and i liked that so I'd, I'd do that or maybe the boys which was uh some, something co- sort of like a comic book sin city maybe watchman something okay. along those lines Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And then the the best one, the toughest one. What game do you take? I can't take just one game. <laughs> this is the hardest question. Oh no! Now would I take an RPG that would take ages, or would I take something that's like really replayable? I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, we can go wild You can, you can hit me with something like Final Fantasy Anthology. That's like Final Fantasy Four and Chrono Trigger or something. Oh, I'd take all the Lego games. Oh, I love the Lego games. They're my favourite series. Um, Which ones? I like like serious stuff, like La Noire and Sleeping Dogs. But like, I would ha- I'd take the whole Lego series. Nice. Are there any particular favourites out of like franchises? I guess out of those. I mean, I've been waiting for Lego Star Wars, which at time of recording comes out tomorrow, and I, I'm so excited. Tom- Wait, what? 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 When did games start releasing? I'm, you know, I'm giving yeah, you all the games. Tomorrow, I think. Yeah, it comes out tomorrow. So I've had that pre-ordered for two and three, forty years. <laughs> so we're we're recording this on a a drab Monday in April. Um, well, when did games start releasing on Tuesdays? Remember when back in the day it used to like always America, be a Friday. Yeah, America was Tuesday and we were Friday, but I think they just moved to global releases. Luckily, I mean, um, yeah, with, with like the advent of digital and like all the yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? All the sort of and COVID was standing generally generally better shipping trading sort of deals yes yeah. i just think so like... I, I definitely i take all of the lego games but i really like lego star wars and i like the marvel games as well so kind of i'm very much like a basic white girl i like my marvel <laughs> yeah. and i like star wars i i would hazard a guess that you probably liked it before it was it was cool to like marvel I really liked it before it was cool. <laughs> I liked Deadpool before it was cool. I, when people were like, Deadpool's my favourite, I was like, but is he? What's his backstory? It's like, it becomes <laughs> that joke of like, um, you know, you see so many like 
teenagers wearing like Nirvana t-shirts that can't name any more yeah. than one album and stuff like that, doesn't it? And like, no. I'm not memeing, I'm not saying you can't like Marvel or anything, I'm just saying like, I liked it before it was cool. I liked like a lot of nerdy stuff before it was cool. And like, for yeah, that like one like, second... I want more people to like it, but also like, I liked it before it was cool, just so you know. It's not a gatekeeping <laughs> thing, we're not gatekeeping, we're just sort of letting you know that, yeah, I've liked this for a while and you used to shame me for liking it, how dare you now like it? Yeah, we're opening the gate, but we've got like a little badge that says we were here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we suffered for this. <laughs> so you take a, a collection of Lego games. That's interesting. I, I, I honestly thought you were going to be like massive JRPG. I really thought you were just going to hit me with that. I, I mean, Star Ocean's an easy one because that would take like 500 hours to platinum. But oh, just whenever I collect a collectible in Lego games... It like soothes my OCD itch. <laughs> it's like constant gratification. I just need to be told I'm doing really well all the time. <laughs> Fair enough. I also feel like while we're talking about games again, actually, I need to point out because um, you were one of the people on Twitter who inspired me to finally finish Chrono Trigger, which was oh nice a blemish on my gaming record, having never finished yes. it up until December of last year. Nice. So uh, how do you find it? So I, I loved it. I, I mean, I don't know if you can see how well you can see it behind me, but I've got like the entire Dragon Ball Z collection. That way. Nice. So like all 16 volumes of Dragon Ball, all the Viz Big versions of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Amazing. And, I, and I've got Super like around the corner as well. Oh, um, nice. Obviously our boy Akira Toriyama, um, who did the art for Chrono Trigger. So love it for that. I had the DS version when it came out. I managed to find the copy yeah. of it underneath several layers of stone. Uh, <laughs> back in the day um and yeah so like played it got stuck played one of the other millions of games i own came back to it beat that boss then got just confused because like i have no idea what i'm doing or where i'm going played something else and then finally was just like right i'm gonna crack open a walkthrough figure out what the honk i'm doing just get back on track and like because at the end of the day my my view of this is like you know again it's a bit of like a thing you'd be you'd be shamed for quote unquote you'd be guilted into Mm. and but it's like with an RPG especially, like, as long as you just, like, you know, you still physically have to beat the boss yourself. And, like, unless there's, like, yeah. a game-breaking kind of, like, throw a phoenix down and you'll win kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't really think it's cheating. Like, it might, you know, I'm not just not cheating. I was just like, where do I go, though? And then kind of picked up the threads from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I think you, just, you, you can say I was cheating. I don't care. Fine. I don't care. Yeah. Hit me. Hit me with that. I don't mind. I don't care. I still enjoyed <laughs> the game. I beat it and I had a great time yeah. and felt very satisfied beating that final boss. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like totally the same. If if people want to use a walkthrough, it's as long as you enjoy the game, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I just wanted to do a quick nod to that. You finally inspired me to help finish that game. <laughs> good, um, good. I mean, I still have many other blemishes on the record, like Mass Effect. <laughs> Which, oh, we uh, all do. like, so many. I've not played, uh, what is it, Bioshock. I've never played Bioshock, so. Okay, so you need to check out the last episode of this podcast that went out with uh, Rosie from Safe No World. She's a huge Bioshock fan. We talk a lot about <laughs> that. Uh, and it's a great game series. Really, really I good. I know. I know, like, the twist and stuff, so I feel like it won't have as much impact, and it's first person. Oh, So yeah. I have to, like... Of course. I have to have, like... I do play some first-person games, but I have to, like, have a break every 15 minutes and have some ginger water to, like... Soothe the soul. The <laughs> yeah. So it's very... Like, very hardcore in my house. <laughs> Ooh, 
I, I mean, ginger tonic. Oh, I mean, I could finish this game in one go, but I need to take regular breaks to stay hydrated. Ooh, what, yeah. a, what a player. Put my motion sickness <laughs> wristbands on. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry, right? Oh, uh, I know. Sometimes both. <laughs> but sometimes at the same time, if you're going really like maniacal yeah. about it, why not? Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting to the end of our time together on this episode now. Uh, I always like to say, is there anything else that you want to sort of say about like what you like to do or what you're doing with your work or anything else before we wrap up? Um, I think we've covered most of it. I'd, I mean, yeah, people can obviously find me on Twitter if you've got any questions. Um, I was going to ask where people can find you, it's fine. Yeah, if, uh, do you, even if you want to send me hate mail, if you're engaging, I'll take it. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't, don't be filling Daniel's box up with with fake mail don't do that <laughs> um no we've covered everything phd got a book chapter that's just just was accepted for publication yesterday oh, congrats. So that's, something cool that's coming out so um that'll be out in october and just just yeah just feel free to hit me up if you've got any questions or if you want to do some research um or, or anything at, or even if you just want a game i'm not much of a multiplayer but I, if it's the right game i will happily think hours into it so yeah just just reach out if you want to i mean like go and if you don't want to that's fine <laughs> go go like full meta and like when are you going to start doing some like research on like uh trans and non-binary representation in games like are you going to ever make that leap i would love that there is so much stuff out there and it's so interesting especially i think recently with like when the last of us 2 came out and people were like oh it's so woke it's rubbish and i'm like but Ellie, oh, spoiler slight spoiler for a character one of the main characters has been gay in it canonically from the start so hold yourself <laughs> and hold things yourself. like that yeah i mean um, I, I i played the dlc to the original last of us yeah was it left behind was it called or yes something? yeah well remembered well remembered uh, yeah like I, i'll be again i'm gonna upset a lot of people but like i played the last of us and like a great game but I really kind of feel like a lot of people liked it, like maybe more than they needed to. It's a little bit overhyped, a little bit. Smidge. I think Naughty Dog are in general. Oh, okay. Fair. I mean, Uncharted was alright. <laughs> like, like, okay. So you know, it's not, it's not really a spoiler, but like everyone says, oh, the first five minutes of Last of Us, you'll be crying, and I was like, wow, this is a really boring walking sequence. When do I get to play? <laughs> Maybe I'm just a monster. I don't know. Oh, no, I cried. Uh, but I'm a proper cry. Anything. God forbid if there's an animal in a game. In The Walking Dead. Oh, no, you an- you leave animals alone. We don't I play with animals. I, 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 but I needed to get through it for the for the trophies. So I had to, like, cover my face and mute the sound and just press the buttons. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I, I was like, I can't. <laughs> or in Minecraft story mode when a certain animal that's that, that you form a bond with goes uh, that set me off i was like ah. did you did you feel any did you feel any emotion when you had to get rid of your companion cube no it's just animals just animals fair fair so you Anything take else, I'm like... take it you're not a fan of pokemon then because that's too much no no i love pokemon <laughs> like no you how no, dare I... you make my pokemon faint i'll fight you Oh, but they don't die, they just fade. That's true. I can deal with that. Okay. I can deal with that. I like Pokemon. And obviously, if you're good at the game, 
than ever been. Oh, pro gamer <laughs> over here. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Sorry, let me just bask in that flex over there. <laughs> uh, so you, you pointed out um, all, all the links people need to, to reach out to you on Twitter will be attached to wherever you yeah. found this episode. Um, and you say that's the best place for people to reach you, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think my inbox is open and I'm like, okay, for most things. No dick pics, please. Very gay. Don't like them. <laughs> I mean, just unsolicited images of any kind. Even memes without asking first is, is impolite. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> but yeah, if you've got questions or want to talk about research or games, absolutely. Just hit me up. Okay, excellent. Um, I always like to... My how the turns have tabled right at the end of the show and give you the guest a chance to ask me a question. If there's anything you'd like to ask, do feel free to do so mm. now. Well, I want to be like the eccentric sort that comes up with a good question, uh, but but I'm not, so... <laughs> You've had this whole um, episode to think of a question. No, I know. Uh, maybe like, if you were stuck in the last video game that you played, how screwed would you be? Oh, no. What I play? Okay, so okay, that's not actually your, you said video game. I was playing June the TTRPG yesterday, <laughs> um, but that's oh, TTRPG, okay. so that's not video game. Um, I'd still be pretty pretty screwed. I'm playing uh, Fire, Fire Emblem Fates Revelations at the moment. Oh, so you've only got one chance with that permadeath, much yeah. like life. <laughs> much much like life, yeah. And you know, I I like I like a bit of a challenge. So I like to I play it on you know like permadeath active and. Uh, I'm playing it on the normal difficulty, but with permadeath. I love that they added options to have like Phoenix mode, where they come back at the end of a battle, or where yeah. they where they just come back in the fight. I love that those are options, although I don't choose to take them myself. Albeit, I thought about using the Phoenix version because I I managed to beat Conquest, only losing like two units. I'm very proud of myself for that because it was the hard mode, the harder yeah. harder version of the game. Um, but like I was, they will point to I was spending like an hour trying to get through a mission, and then someone would get wrecked at like the like the last yeah. turn, and I'd just reset, and I'd be like, I yeah. could save a lot of time, and not like you know, not disgrace myself in front of the gamers, because I'm like, <laughs> if all I'm gonna do is reset to get them back, and it's only two turns, I'm like, I'm jumped, I'm just saving time, but I I reneged on that and just kept plowing at it because you know it was, I'm pretty sure it was a lockdown when I finished that, so I was like, I've got the time. I'm not yeah. going anywhere. <laughs> Reset. Let's go. Um, but yeah, that's that's a. I mean, it's so good. I've got I've got three houses on the Switch because of course I bought that when it was on sale like last year. Um, I haven't touched it, but I'm like I'll finish Revelations and it's nice that it's like the you get the OP units from both games. Then it's like really easy and then like you get the yeah. the extra bit of content and it's like no, it's really hard now and you're like <laughs> I was not prepared oh, yeah. for this. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd be pretty. I mean, I'd like to think I'd be a decent unit. My boy, my boy Robin, uh, from the previous game, the Amiibo, already had white hair. So I was like, yes, I can yeah. customize my avatar with white hair in this game. I'm in it. Like my my Corrin is called Chris because I want to be that oh. legendary hero, and that's badass. I have a cool scar and everything. It's great because <laughs> um, you know people dig scars. Uh, they should at your. I know. Oh, yeah, hazard. I'm always the same. <laughs> Um, so I'd be I'd be pretty screwed because I would probably be a squishy unit that wouldn't be very good. <laughs> I'd like like in my head I'm like I'd be like a top level paladin with my own unique weapon, but I'd also be able to use magic for no apparent reason because plot armor. But in actual fact, I'd be like villager level one. 
that dies first yeah. after one hit. Right. I'm <laughs> I'm too squishy to even be bothered to like grind the levels out. Like, don't help me. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. I'd be pretty screwed. That's a that's a good question. Um, yeah, not because obviously you know, the fate of the world is also at stake. Not just my squishiness. Yeah, but what's more important, really? I mean. If the world ends, then everyone's kind of screwed. But I'd like to kind of see it be saved. I can hold the <laughs> I can hold the drinks. I don't have to be involved in a fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I can be the drink server bar person. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, I totally. told a glass of milk for you, madame. Oh, Wait, a beer for you, person. Bottoms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you didn't come on. <laughs> you kill you you're killing me like that at the end of my own show. Oh, come on now. I do apologize. Stan, sorry, there's, that was like seconds of just like a really stern look. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Well, my last played games, Elden Ring, so I'd be even more screwed. I Ooh. wouldn't even get out of the tutorial area, so. <laughs> Fair enough. So you do it better than me. <laughs> I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd exist and hope for the best. You'd exist, yeah, that's like better than me. <laughs> I, I said before I played Dark Souls once and did like a bit of it and was like, this is really hard. Not for me. Um, yeah, because like you know, and this goes back to I don't, I don't want to crack open a huge debate at the end of the episode, but like my thing with Elden Ring is is that a, I don't have the time nor the money like yeah. resources to spend on it, but like this whole like my hot take, if you will, um, is that it, it should be first of all it should be accessible. It should have options yeah. to allow players with disabilities to be able to play it. Hundred percent. I also don't think it's a bad thing for a game to be approachable because, firstly, if you're playing a game and and I'm not telling you how to play games but if you're playing a game and you're like the reason i'm playing it is because i get so emotionally distraught that i'm nearly in tears or really really angry at a game yeah that's maybe a moment we need to put the controller down take a deep breath and think about our emotional regulation um and yeah. just be like oh am i actually enjoying myself here because games are meant to be fun I'm not saying we shouldn't mm. be challenged I'm not saying we can't beat hard bosses i've i've spent 70 hours beating celeste that's a hard <laughs> game um I'm not saying that. But, but there's that next level, isn't there? But like, you know, if like if, if if a game is having that level of an emotional effect from you and it's not yeah. plot, that's maybe a second we need to reevaluate are we playing games for the right reasons, in my yeah. humble opinion. Because healthy emotional regulation is good. Good for us. Yeah. Secondly, yeah, yeah. I kind of like if Elden Ring had an easy mode and I chose to play it and couldn't get the trophies, but it allowed me to join in and experience the same thing everyone else was mm. experiencing. That, for me, doesn't affect anyone who chooses not to play on it. Like, Fire Emblem's a really good parallel at this point. Like, if you play without permadeath on, and that's how you choose to enjoy the game, that's great for you. It might make it more approachable for people. That's awesome. Yeah. There's also yeah. harder difficulties. If you really want more challenge, that's great for you as well. I'm okay. I'm a sweat of it. Because with Elden Ring, I know I'd not be good enough to do it, but I also don't have the time to just grind yeah. and then make it beatable. Because that, that was the yeah. response from a lot of people online. Like, we'll just get good or just grind. You can just level up. And I'm like, I have not got the hundreds of hours required yeah. to do that because I'm a busy person. And I, yeah. I might have like an hour or two to sit and play a game. I want to enjoy that as much as I can for that limited yes. time. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. I think so much more needs to be done in terms of accessibility in video games. And the people getting the accessibility and approachability confused was also really annoying. <laughs> oh yeah people like if it had an easy mode and i'm like well that's not accessibility that's not entirely accessibility but it's approachability but yes, we digress yeah. yes yeah so yeah totally agree with that yeah 
Anywho, apologies. <laughs> Last little bit of a rant in there. Do you think we'll get the Elden Ring Platinum? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> love it. Love that confidence. It's not an option not to. <laughs> it's not an option. Okay, so I want to reply like to this to this video. Like, I want you to tweet me when you get that Platinum with a screenshot. Um, Done. And then I will link it. I will retrospectively link it to this episode. So when someone is listening to it in the year 2035, and they'll be like, what's an Elden Ring? And they can click on that and find out. <laughs> yeah. It's right. going to be 250, I think. Make it a special one. So that nice. would be my 250 plat. So, yeah. I'm going to play Lego Star Wars first, though. It's going to interrupt my Elden Ring-ing. Elden Ring-ing. <laughs> yeah, because Lego Star Wars is just... Oh, chef's kiss. Looking forward to that. <laughs> okay, well, uh, Danielle, thanks so much for coming and joining me on the show and for spending... Oh, thank um, you so much for inviting me. Your most valuable resource in time. Uh, which is like the oh. most most thing that we most precious thing that we have. You shared some of it with me and this wonderful studio audience. Uh, I'm joking; they're not a studio audience. <laughs> applause! Applause! They were amazing. Uh, um, so thank you so much. Um, it's it's been a pleasure. Um, I, I really hope that everyone has taken as much knowledge and fun uh, from this episode as we have had doing it. Um, but all that remains for you to do is sort of shift over to. The ending screen, whenever I can find it, I never remember where it is. For our video listeners, uh, they're still able to hear us. They're not longer able to see us. Uh, and then just say goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, everyone. I'll edit myself out. <laughs> there we go. Excellent. All right. Goodbye. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Psych to be with you. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. As ever... If you did enjoy it, please leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really, really helps. If you want to keep up with all things Blind Psyche, check out the episode description for a link, or you can go direct to linktr.ee forward slash Blind Psyche. Thank you so much for listening. As ever, look after your mind, body, and soul, and I will see you again very, very soon. Bye-bye.